You are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Boom. Live. What's up? <laughs> Happy post uh, UFC 228. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember you were telling me you saw some of the fights. I did, yeah. Let's start from the bottom up. Okay. Let's start from the bottom up. So you saw the uh, Magomed Sheriparov versus Davis. Yep. Right? So you saw that that finish. I did see that finish, and that is... Well, first off, Zabit as a fighter, very unique. I've never seen that style. His accuracy is amazing. Uh, I love his countering. Uh, but yeah, that finish, that the, the knee... The knee bar? The knee bar. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've, and I think they Joe Rogan said, what, it's been attempted or it's been done one other time? And it was that night. Oh, it was that yeah, night. Yeah, it Amazing. was that night. So that pe- was incredible. So people were joking, like, maybe he was watching in the back and he was like, oh, I, could, I should probably try that. Maybe I could do that. <laughs> um, what do you mean by his style was so weird? What do you mean by that? You know, I, it's he's, he's one of those guys it's hard to judge at first because you look at him, it's this lanky, scrawny dude. And, uh, but I mean, he, he's very, his agility is very high. I mean, his defense game was pretty good. I mean, he's dodging almost everything that's being thrown at him. Uh, but like I said, like he, he, his accuracy though, and where, how he's hitting them and those like weird, like over the head back kicks he's doing, uh, He's very creative. He flows. Yeah, he flows like... Uh, yes. Yeah, he flows. Yeah. He flows. He, fl- he reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Sugar O'Malley. He reminds me of John Jones. He reminds me of uh, Anthony Pettis in his prime. He reminds me of... Um, reminds me of Connor a little bit, too. He, he reminds mm-hmm. me of just guys who know how to flow offensively. Yeah. Um, but even with his even with his jiu-jitsu, like, that's the funny thing. Usually you see guys who are that flashy with their striking. They can't do anything on the ground. But he had the... Uh, Knee bar. Everybody's calling it a uh, calling it the Suloff stretch as well. So you can, knee bar Suloff stretch. It's like the hamstring hamstring slash knee, okay. um, depending on positioning. So you guys can nitpick that detail as much as you want. But that was also a a crazy a crazy sequence. I mean, it, it's it's weird because to me there's and we've talked about this in earlier earlier episodes where you have a definitive style of fighting in MMA, which is the MMA fighting style. Right. We went over the stance and footwork and posture of a, of a cookie cut MMA fighter. Zabit doesn't fit that. Zabit's throwing shit like it's a movie. You know what I mean? He's throwing shit like you would not see unless it was an action movie. Because most people will strategically say you don't need to kick above the waist. You really don't. Unless you're an expert kicker who's devoted years upon years upon years into learning how to do high kicks and you have the strength and mobility and flexibility to do that. Um, you need to kick what? Like the legs? Yeah. And a street situation, just especially a street situation, very low. But like he's going for like 360 spinning back kicks. He's doing crazy shit. He's kicking off the wall. Yeah. He's doing like spinning elbows and, and that flows into like knees and then spinning off the cage for a takedown. Like he's, he's doing great stuff. Um, I'm really proud of, uh, who do you fight? Uh, Brandon Davis, his uh, opponent, because mm-hmm. that dude got called in. Oh, da- that I didn't know. Davis was called in. He was, they were like, Hey, uh, cause, uh, Zabit was supposed to face Yair Rodriguez, okay. which would have been a fucking fireworks show because Yair is also a crazy striker. Um, I actually, I, I should have mentioned him before about, uh, who else can flow offensively. Yair is another offensively, uh, gifted guy. Um, 
Yeah, no, that, that was a fun finish. So that's a cool start to it. Uh, and then the Jessica Andrade versus Carolina Kova. Yeah, well, for okay. <laughs> if anyone's ever witnessed like a pig slaughter or something, that's pretty much what happened. It wasn't that bad. I mean, okay, I don't know anything about... Uh, I'm getting confused. Not Jessica. Who's the one that lost? Uh, Carolina. Ca- Carolina. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I don't know much about her. This was the first time I watched her fight. She does not belong in the UFC. What? <laughs> Again, this was the first. So here's fight the funny I've thing. Seen. I've here's never the seen funny highlights. Thing. Carolina. I'm- Carolina went to war with jo- with Joanna, Jen Jacek. Really? Yep. She's known for going to war and okay. taking her to well, the edge. Well, this fight doesn't seem like... I don't know. That doesn't really... No. So so, <laughs> so here's the fun thing. So for those listening, the fun part about this podcast is that I... Both Mikey and I are fans of the UFC, but we don't really go like eyeball deep on UFC too much. Yeah. But I definitely do keep up with it. And the fun part is for moments like this. When Mikey, because Mikey doesn't really keep up with it, he he trains in martial not arts often. and yeah. and he's he's he has fun watching it with me and we have fun watching it together. But he he didn't know about that. So perfect example. Caroline is a fucking like she just went for the belt like a few fights ago. Yeah, she's she's she high in the looks division. Like she just got her maybe her yellow belt like two <laughs> weeks ago. So here's what happened. Carolina is a she's a slow starter, but more importantly, she's. She's almost like a plotting boxer. So it's almost she reminds me a lot of of the Diaz brothers. Not that she okay. throws in volume, not that she relies on jujitsu when it goes to the ground or she relies upon a crazy uh you know, pace, but just her plotting nature of I'm gonna keep coming at you, I'm gonna keep coming at you, I'm gonna keep staying in engagement, I'm gonna stay in range, I'm gonna stay in range, I'm gonna stay in range. Uh, it's the same idea of pressure. It's almost like the water was left on. Okay. Jessica Andrade is a fire hydrant that got yes. opened, okay. and that's her style. She blitzes and she overwhelms, a la wannabe Paige Van Zant, who fights like that a lot as well, um, or used to at least. But Andrade is super powerful. And for those who didn't see the fight, the crazy thing about this is that most of the of the female fighters in the UFC don't have KO power. Um, just because of the weight class, because of the the physical dimensions, yeah. Uh, Jessica Andrade does, and she KO'd Carolina bad. Like Be- that it was, was beautiful. That was it was a beautiful KO, but Carolina went night night. Yeah. Like that was a sleeper shot, and she got oof. That was yeah. that was rough to see. That was a rough. That was. And rough I have to, to see. say on, on Carolina's part too. I mean, I didn't really. Don't get me wrong. She did throw in some pretty good combos here and there. But I just didn't see the power behind her punch. Well, no, she doesn't have the power. That's why, like yeah. you said, she has the pace. Right. She has yeah. the she has the yeah. the water's been left on, so she's constantly going to walk into your range, constantly get you to engage, constantly get you to bite on feints, and then she wants to piece you up. Yeah, like that's typically her game. You don't see, I don't, you don't really see her doing knockouts like Andrade, like blitzing as like I'm going to knock you the fuck out. That that was yeah, that was. Um, so I remember seeing, so before the fight happened, I remember they always show like a little preview promo video. And I remember in that preview promo, Jessica Andrade was saying, I'm just going to blitz her and I'm going to overwhelm her and she won't be able to handle it. And, you know, fighters always talk a lot of shit in these promos, but that was a really good point. Cause I remember thinking she has the strength, she has the speed. She's like, a, she's a little, 
Um, she's, you know, she's this little Tyron Woodley style, uh, a fighter. So I was thinking she could probably overwhelm Carolina. I don't think I've seen Carolina handle that type of pressure, that blitzing pressure. I've seen her face pressure from, uh, Joanna when her and uh, Joanna fought for the championship. That was a five round war. Carolina kept seeing an engagement, kept getting pieced up, but that wasn't because she was overwhelmed by blitzing. It was because she was overwhelmed by just, um, experience in striking joanna has so much experience in striking that was yeah it's it was unfortunate she's a fan favorite you know and it's unfortunate that happened but yeah. i'm happy for jessica and Draj. that's that's definitely fun kind of sexy we didn't see shevchenko versus uh nico montano no, did, yeah did you hear about all that i i didn't but that that was one that i did want to watch for sure <laughs> that just from what we discussed <laughs> the the last episode Mm-hmm. How you thought it was unfair, that whole, like, situation? Well, apparently, um, turns out that Nico got sent to the hospital during her wake up because her kidney shut down. Oh. So that she got sent to the hospital. Then while she was at the hospital, uh, Dana White stripped her of the, of the belt. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I guess she came in to fight week 20 pounds overweight or 20 pounds overweight. Well, okay. And I guess what happened was she tried to cut regardless, and she was like, I'm going to make it. And then they found out, like, if you kept trying to cut, you probably would have gone into cardiac arrest. So, no. And then for whatever reason, Dana was like, you took too long to defend your belt, and now this shit happens, you're done. And stripped her of the belt. Wow. So instead of her losing it via losing her soul, we uh, she just lost it. Okay. Hmm. Now, do you think that's too harsh of... I think that's harsh. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think with the amount of times that Dana White's made an interim belt because of injuries, yeah, no. I think that's an interim belt situation. Um, but I guess apparently Joanna, Janjacek, and um, Valentina Shevchenko are going to fight for the belt. Okay. At least that's what's rumored. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how that goes down. And then the main event. Tyron Willie versus Darren Till. You saw all of that, right? Mm. Yeah, and I've I've watched uh, Till highlights, and I, I see I see what he was trying to go for. You know, trying to feel Woodley out in the first round. I'm like, okay, I get it, but, uh, I mean, holy shit, Tyron Woodley. Like, I, I want to say this was maybe the second time I've seen this guy fight. I believe I've seen him fight once before, and I did. I just didn't remember his style or like his his strategy. Um, and I know you were telling me the last time he likes to stay on the outside a lot, which we did see. He likes to stay on the outside of the octagon. He has a pullback right hand where he likes to yes. pull it and then and then throw it forward. And then he also likes to explode off the outside. Where he'll explode in with a pump fake two one, and then comes in with a his power two. Yeah, and uh, that's usually his style. He used to wrestle like early on um, in his career, and it was awesome because he's such a good wrestler. But then he just stopped wrestling for whatever reason because he was probably thinking I could just knock people the fuck out and get paid more money. So he just started doing that. So um, yeah, I uh, I'm sorry. Continue. I was just gonna say, you know, I, I was actually um, very surprised because, again, just not remembering uh, the way he is in the octagon, you know, I because I think I was for Till when we were trying to make predictions, 
And I think I even said somewhere along the lines of maybe third round. I could be wrong on that, but I thought that's what it, that I thought that was my prediction. Till third round. Uh but yeah, no, I was I was very impressed and uh and that was by submission. Yeah. That was by Darce Choke. Yeah. After he flash knocked him down, he he caught Till. Oh my god, and then just that second round beat down. Yeah. Holy shit. So I definitely overlooked Tyron Woodley's ability. I, I t- 100% believed that Tyron Woodley was on a level where he's become stagnant. But I'm beginning to realize it's possible that he's on a level. Um, I know Woodley always says he's the greatest welterweight of all time. <clears throat> George St. Pierre. <laughs> But he is starting to get in that category of everybody knows George's plan. Everybody knows George's plan. He's going to try to piece you up with his jab. He's going to take you down. He's going to ground and pound you. And if you give up anything in any of those three in- instances, he's going to either like try to – he hasn't knocked anybody out, I know, in a while. But he'll go for a knockout. He, he will go for the submission or he's going to go for the ground and pound TKO. Mm-hmm. If you mess up in any of those sequences, he's going to just – unleash you know the all of it yeah and nobody can stop it and it's funny because tyron woodley has something very similar it's like you're always going to the back of the cage you don't you're not going to initiate wrestling that often because for whatever reason you don't like it and you're going to try to pump fake blitz or you're going to be trying to you know drop hand uh like drop hand counter coming in but everybody keeps doing it yeah. Everybody keeps walking into those things. And this is his fourth time defending? Uh, I think it's his fourth or fifth time. Okay. Yeah, he's catching up. Yeah. He's catching up. No, I mean, good for him, though. It is good for him. Very, very good for him. Um, I was shocked that Darren Till... I mean, don't get me wrong. Darren Till was doing his game plan of, I'm going to pick it up in the like after the first round. Yeah. And that didn't work. But he, had, he threw a total of, like, three strikes. Yes. Compared to 69. Yeah. No, th- th- like I said, that that second round. I mean, I'm surprised he even survived that. The second round. Oh, the oh my the God. knockdown, and then he was just eating elbows. Yeah. And Russ like you good. He's like, no, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. He was probably saying something a lot more than that, but um, yeah, no, that it just <sighs> man, I. I you see what happens when somebody tries to counter Tyron Woodley's game plan, and that's the Stephen Thompson fight. Both of them. It's a chess match because mm-hmm. Stephen Thompson knows the striking, and it's just it's a, it's a chess match. So it's um it's gonna take somebody who it's I don't know who I think Darren Till isn't done with Woodley. I think if Darren Till unloaded on Woodley a bit more, or maybe played a bit more of a of a game plan than just I'm gonna go in there and swing. Yeah, it would be a different, be a different, uh, different matchup. Oh, for sure. Now that he's got a taste of it. Yeah, but I mean that's just it's disappointing, is what it is. It's disappointing, but hey, it's the fight game. It's the fight game. It's uh, if there's anything of being a, a follower of MMA, especially in UFC, it's uh, just how easily shit like this happens and shit changes it's just that it's the fucking curse the fucking curse of it yeah but anyways moving on um so i mentioned on the last episode i think about how i threw out my back 
Yes. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. It's a bit better. I uh, I played some hockey uh, yesterday. One of my seasons started, and I feel okay, so that's good. But it made me think a lot today. It made me think a lot about training methods. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking to myself, I performed great in my hockey game, and that's coming off the couch after two weeks. So I was like, I know I have a good foundation because I know I'm in good shape. But what am I doing wrong? Why am I injured? Why am I not recovering enough? Why am I not adding enough weight? Like, what what's going on? Like, something is wrong in the equation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but there's so many different modalities of working out and training. And one of them is kind of, you have a lot of old school versus new school. So you have old school being push days and pull days at the gym and, you know, three to five sets, increasing weight and dropping reps and mm-hmm. um or, or you have uh, new methods, which are kind of like the, I don't want to say ta- Pavel Tatsaline is a new, is an old method, but Pavel Tatsaline is newly coming in to greasing the groove and just using low weights and high reps. And you, there's just so many different ways to do stuff now. Like you look at something like CrossFit where it's prides itself on destroying your body as much as possible. Yeah. And then just eating the cleanest largest amounts of food that you can to re to you know go super sane and grow so it's just so weird and a part of it is and and you and i are both in this with martial arts where we we train in uh basically self-defense judo that's that's the best way i've come to explain aiki jujitsu to people yeah is i just tell people um it's just self-defense judo (laughs) it's just yeah it's basically self-defense judo um but it's it's in a gi there's no pads there's no gear there's no tape and wraps it's kind of just the most the most protective thing we have is maybe the mat yeah and that's it but then you see a lot of modern day martial art camps and or schools and they have shin guards and headgear and and you know they have uh mouth gear and they have their hands are wrapped they're in gloves they're in 16 ounces they're in they're in 14 ounces or 12 ounces on the bag. You know, they're doing, they're holding pads. They're doing a lot of stuff. And it's so, um, it's so new because they're very much all about staying in shape and staying healthy and right. being able to perform. And then you have, you know, what is it called? The, uh, what is that board? The Makiwara. Makiwara board, which for those who don't know, it's actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, but it's a, basically a, a wooden board sticking out of the ground wrapped in rope and you punch it and the idea is that you callous your joints on your hand and fists so they become stronger for you to hit people Mm. because back in the old days they didn't wear four ounce gloves in a cage they just hit each other so they were like you know what would make my hand better to hit somebody with is if it wasn't full of these brittle little things and it was a calloused calcified like hardened thing and that was how they did it yeah um yeah i mean I know I'm training you physically. I'm training you in very new modalities uh, for this weight loss stuff we're doing. But have you ever thought about that? Like training wise, like the techniques, like rolling glass bottles and tapping your shins. I know you've done that. that. Yeah, I know. But like, how do you think that is compared to like the new age of like, you know, you have shin pads on and you slowly build up on a bag and then you get a a more firm bag that you fill with sand in between. My whole thing on that is... A lot of these, I mean, like I've I've mentioned before, you know, 
the whole MMA thing, kickboxing, martial arts in general has blown up within the last maybe 10 years. And so a lot more gyms are opening up, whether they're professional or strictly, you know, just working out, trying to get in shape, right? So you get a lot of these people who do it just for the workout. I see it as a liability reason, especially if it's a larger gym with a large clientele. Uh, but now if you're talking like professional, I mean, I also see it as, well, obviously you don't want to get injured before an upcoming fight. Um, as far as like the old school methods go, I'm all for it. And I actually prefer it over pad training because, you know, God forbid you do get in a real life situation. What are you going to say to the other person? Oh, hold on. Let me put on my 16 ounce gloves before we go at it. Um, you know, you do need to condition your fists to be able to hit something hard. Now, the thing with uh, the Makiwara training is you're not supposed to go 100% on it, whether you're kicking it, punching it, doing elbow strikes, kneeing it, whatever you're doing, you're you're only supposed to hit it hard enough to where you're like, okay, I could feel some some sort of pressure. It's not pain. It's like just before you start to feel that little ounce of pain. You know what I mean? So it's like just hard enough because you're trying to condition. You're not trying to destroy your hand. Um, and over time, it just, yeah, your skin just turns to leather. Your bones eventually calcify, but it shouldn't calcify to the point where you're ending up with arthritis or some sort of, you know, uh, medical, physical issue. Um, but... Yeah, no, I'm all for old school when it comes to body conditioning. Or same thing, like I, I'll do, I'll take a broomstick and I'll just, just tap my shins with it. You know, not, you know, soft, just enough to where I'm like, okay, this is probably where it's just about to start hurting me. So I'll keep it at right. this for a little bit, you know, and just, and just keep doing it for like maybe five minutes, one leg, switch to the other leg, you know, because I'm not trying to destroy my legs. You know, and, and something like conditioning body parts on a makiwara, it, you're not going to condition your body in weeks or months. This, this is like something that takes years to develop, you know. So if anybody thinks they're going to just train on like, you know, punching a cement block or something for a week or a couple weeks and they think they're going to have, you know, these iron fists. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's my two cents on that. What do you think of... Uh I know Kung Fu does what the like the iron body, the Wing Chun, um, you know the board with all the pegs sticking out, and you work on. Oh yeah, yeah. what is that called again? Do you know? Uh, I don't know the name of the actual dump. Yeah, there's like three or four, and they do all their like weird katas on it. You should watch Jackie Chan actually work on one of those. It's really cool. It's the um, uh, the Muven Zhuang. Yeah, Muk Yan Zhong, Muk Yong Zhong. I think yeah, sure. Muk Yong Zhong. Yes, that's the that's how you say it in uh, Cantonese. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry. Continue. Uh, I mean, and that's great too because you're literally working out or conditioning rather multiple body parts on one wooden dummy. You know, so it's cool, and you're getting you know practicing your katas at the same time and different fluid motions and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I think that's really effective. I've never personally have trained on one but i've watched videos and it's like oh my god it just it looks cool watching people work on it i feel like it, it blends and flows and adds a lot of strength into something like kung fu oh yeah yeah for like, sure and you feel you feel the flow and the pop 
and the sound it makes too when you when you get hit by it yeah no um see i'm actually of the opposite i'm actually the fuck the old school okay like we got new school for a reason we don't need uh you know what i mean like we don't we don't need that old shit like like we have pads for a reason like we invented this for a reason let's just let's start doing it i think you're right in the sense that I think if you never work some traditional in, I think you have a problem because you're not conditioned for it. I think that's the reason why you see a lot of broken hands in uh, in MMA. Absolutely. Because they're so used to throwing in 16-ounce gloves, 14-ounce gloves, that when you drop them down to four, mm-hmm. which you really don't do that often in training camp because right. you're not trying to hurt each other. When you drop them down to four, their hands and their wrists just aren't ready for that kind of impact. And people break their hands like sometimes immediately in the fight. They throw yeah. they throw a punch and immediately it's broken. I think um, I think there's a lot of things that could be learned, but at the same time, I feel like if you're gonna do this for conditioning purposes, like I want to get in shape, I'm not gonna have you fucking work on a Wing Chun dummy. I'm gonna f- give you six ounce gloves and make you work on the bag in intervals. Like that's what I'm gonna have you do. Like yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you shin pads and make you work on kicks to get hip strength. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you sweat through that. Now, if it's to fight, that's a different story. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a very different story. I mean, you're right. I get it too. You can't do some things because it's it's your your body's your paycheck, right? So you can't do some things that are going to injure yourself before a fight. You know, I I totally get that, but. I've seen some crazy, stupid, old school training things that it's just, it's just, what are you doing? It's not helping you. You're not getting in shape. Yeah. You're not, you're not getting, I'm, I'm, I'm mainly thinking of the bullshit martial art videos mm-hmm. where it's just, there's more credibility when you see a bunch of people in shape training and fighting than a bunch of people who, are hobbling around or old and, and, or not old. They're hobbling around and like overweight and just not in shape mm-hmm. and doing something. You know what I mean? There's a very big difference in authenticity yeah. to the image of what it is, yeah. which I know is not the same as being the actual thing of whatever, what that represents. But I mean, there's so many times I've seen stuff where like that's almost, it's almost a sign of bullshit when you watch a bullshit martial art video. It's like mm-hmm. you see, the training methods are stupid. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't... I don't think it's it's a point... I, and I'm not... When I say bullshit, I'm talking like if you look up... If you YouTube bullshit martial art videos, you see people doing some stupid shit and like actually believing in like the five-finger death punch and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Those things and you see them hopping around in a field and thinking like calling it ninjutsu it's it's just it's stupid shit yeah but it's there are there are training videos of people who do old school training and it's just what like i understand it's a demonstration there's no need to waste time breaking bricks yeah well it's it's like what bruce lee said right like boards don't hit back like you go to break a board it's like what did that prove nothing really Nothing. Exactly. exactly. So that's that's why I'm kind of just thinking. It's, I understand it's for demonstration purposes, and if anything, it's a mental exercise to to understand the mentality in a strike. But you can do that in many other ways that are also going to hit other beneficial points. You know, yeah. that's just that's one example. I'm I'm trying to think of another example. I there's 
So, like, when you think of, like, a jiu-jitsu class, right, and most jiu-jitsu classes are going to start with a solid amount of stretching and warming up and, and uh, like, flow work of going through transition drills, those are fantastic, you know? Like, those make a lot of sense. I don't understand these classes where it's, like, you show up and then you just you just go. It's just, no, you should be ready to fight at all times. It's just, no, like, I understand you should be prepared, but, no, my like, body doesn't... like a military, you know? Like, we're not preparing for war, like, but, actual combat. But also, it's, it's also like my body doesn't work. Bodies don't work like that. My body yeah. isn't just able to do that, uh, like, cold. It's There's a reason why. You know, it's just... Uh, uh, I'm not trying to lean so heavy to say I think uh, modern, more specifically like MMA schools are doing it properly with the amount of equipment and investment they're doing on pad work, bag work, you know, uh, uh, um, shadow boxing or shadow mm-hmm. work, you know, like, it, but you see a lot more fluidity and a lot more in my opinion, confidence and technicality when it comes to those schools. Mainly for that reason. I think it's just because they're drilling it prop because they're worried about the combination of the whole package. Mm-hmm. They're not worrying about the strength of your fist. Which don't get me wrong, is important, but you can see as from a business perspective, it's it's kinda like, well, it the strength of your bones and your fist will happen regardless, but you're not going to be fighting bare knuckle in this you're going to be having pads and tape on we need to work on your footwork and your feints your head movement you need to work on your hip and power transfer yeah. and energy transfer we got to work yeah. on your transition from a single to a double how to get off the fence we got to work there's a lot more to work on than like you got to work on this board to get your fist strong it's just it's yeah. just it's you know what i mean it's I, just i will say that's why that it's it, so hard for me to lean towards that yeah the thing the only thing i really see with like makiwara or whatever type of conditioning you're doing um I mean, really, you're just killing the nerves. It's not even necessarily oh, strengthening the bones. Because it's like you said, I mean, the bone can only get be so hard, you know, unless it calcifies. But even then, is that really a good thing? And if it's getting to that point, and this is what I wanted to bring up also. I mean, my grandfather, who's been doing it 60 years, something like that, he's got perfect hands, and he's got the strongest grip I've ever, like, I've ever seen and like experienced just from him like showing me techniques at I mean the guys in his late 70s now and uh I mean it's still like amazing what he's able to do and just like the, the amount of strength he has in his hands still for that age just doesn't have arthritis nothing um so like I said I mean it, some of these guys I mean if they're if they're really getting these like calcified knuckles or you know, whatever they're doing something wrong. You're you're obviously hitting it too hard. Well, also not everybody's the same, right? And also not every art's the same. I'm sure yeah. Taekwondo guy is going to have a different, a different you know, f- different physical issues compared to uh, karate or uh, somebody who does Brazilian jiu-jitsu versus somebody who does judo versus somebody yeah. who does hapkido or whatever. Like you know, like everybody's going to have. Like, for example, I still think people who do Kung Fu are probably in the best overall condition, in my opinion. Yeah. I think people who do Kung Fu are probably in, I think as they get older, are probably in the best. There's a reason why, like, you can, like, it's easy to see so many people in China doing it when they're older. There's a reason why, like, people are in the park doing it. It's any of those fluid styles, that, doing yoga, tai chi. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, like. 
I think nothing encourages better overall overall like health, wellness, and benefits more than kung fu. Mm-hmm. And compare like if you took somebody who trained in kung fu kung fu for twenty years versus somebody who did Brazilian jiu jitsu for twenty years or judo for twenty years or kyokushin for twenty years or hapkido for twenty years or taekwondo for twenty years, like oh my god, the amount of injuries you would have on a list compared to kung fu, like yeah, it would be insane. Not yeah. to say kung fu doesn't have injuries or doesn't have you know like you you can't get hurt. No, you can absolutely get hurt, especially in kung fu when you start playing around with weapons. Yeah. That's oh, that could be way worse. But the like, it's almost a, a thing to know that BJJ people need to have you know they have they have disc issues in their spine. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's a, it's a known thing. And, and in judo, people you know they have bad hips and and knees and stuff. Like it's it's just it's known. It's a known thing. Um, so part of me is always like, how do you mitigate that? How do you mitigate the damage? How do you mitigate what you're doing in training? How are you trying to? to enhance and optimize the training how are you trying to make it different i think in martial arts and you, you tell me your opinion because i know i know we're both from a traditional art but i know you are from a very traditional background especially with your family i feel like there's there's a weird reluctance in martial arts specifically to do anything different than what is what was originally done as tradition it's almost like a respect thing where it's you must do the way it, you must do this the way it was taught. You must do mm-hmm. this the way it was taught to me. You must do this the way the school demands. You must do this the way it's never like, yo, this this doesn't work or this is stupid or this just this just causes pain. Why don't we change this? Not to get religious, that? but it's yeah, it's kinda like uh the Roman Catholic religion and like Christianity. You know, like one is just more modern and more open to like, you know, certain things whereas the roman catholics have been doing the same thing for the last what two thousand plus years you know that's kind of like a comparison thing yeah it's and i think that's why mma got so much disdain when it became a thing because it was the violation of tradition it was the violation of those protocols and it was no fuck that like we're gonna have gatorade in class and we're gonna be wearing flashy shit and we're gonna be playing music we're gonna be high five in you know like yeah <laughs> it's it's a such a different culture i don't think it was trying to be offensive in any way but it's definitely not a traditional martial arts culture yeah no nah. and i think a lot of people get taken aback by it um at, at least in traditional martial arts are taken aback by it because of it yeah i'm not i know I'm not, i don't speak for everybody we don't speak for of course any kind of group but just from our perspective i mean I get it. I get it. And with traditional arts to pay homage and respect, I get it. But at what point do you do you say like, hey, this isn't what modern day it's, it's fighting is. Today. This isn't what modern day training is. We have technology to f- not train like this. Why yeah. are we doing this? Or we, uh, we, we know this situation will, will never happen. Why are we training in this situation? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just... It, I don't know. Am I am I crazy to be saying this, or does it make sense to you? No, it makes as sense. as a traditionalist. Absolutely. Um, I swear. I just I I feel like just cinema and like just thinking about how things were just going back the last hundred years, right? Because I feel like everything in cinema, just you know, cinema is just, you know one example, especially like uh, you know anytime we talk about like martial arts films and like. Uh, 
you know, how the, that genre alone has changed over the years. And just like thinking back 100 years ago, like anything martial arts related was traditional, right? There wasn't really like, uh, I mean, maybe Western boxing, you know, like 100, 150 years ago was like, oh, OK, that's that's new. That's kind of, you know, uh, then again, I, I really don't know what like traditionalists thought when they heard of Western boxing compared to doing Kung Fu or well, Western boxing is a martial art. Yeah. But what ba- I'm saying like back then though, was it looked uh, upon like today, how we look at MMA as like a traditional Taekwondo karate student, judo jujitsu looking at just an M going, look at students of MMA. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to find out what time frame. You're thinking about like when Western boxing first came to Asia? Yeah, or just when it was first even heard of. You know what I mean? And these people are like, what? Like, what is that? Is is that really a martial? Like, here we are practicing in temples and all that. Like, we have traditions. Oh, but these guys are in guys, gyms and doing yeah, jump ropes. And and, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. That's a good question. I think they probably considered it just this is classified as this is part of Western culture. Okay. Westerners are like this. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. You know what I mean? Like like it's different because that's a whole culture. Whole like that that's that, that's a back then that's a whole different yeah. thing. But I'll tell you what that has evolved though over time, and the world has become more accepting of it though. You know, whereas that's like an elite fighting style. Boxing. Absolutely. Yes. When it comes to handwork. Oh, it's the, absolutely. It's the best. I think it is the best. Um, you know, and I feel like MMA is just getting to that point where it's like we're taking all the necessary things from this style, this style, and that style. We're combining it into one. That way, whether you're doing this for sport to lose weight or to one day maybe have to defend yourself, we're here to train you for that. My, true. My my concept if i if i if i had to make the perfect fighter if i had to train to become like the best fighter possible i would train primarily in muay thai slash kickboxing and brazilian jiu-jitsu and that leads me to this question would you would you have more emphasis on wrestling or jiu-jitsu being a more important factor in a fight because everybody talks about the ability to take somebody down with i wrestling. think i think we've discussed this and my theory on that was Think of how jujitsu works. You're utilize you're using the opponent's energy against them, whereas wrestling, you're just manhandling. Yes, true. That is like a jujitsu person's like dream right there. It's like, please wrestle uh, me. Oh, you're gonna take me to the ground? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Absolutely. That's yeah. the Diaz brothers. Yeah. They openly just they're will like, not wrestle. I want to go up against yeah. a wrestler. That's they, my they just, favorite <laughs> opponent. They box and they're just like, What are you gonna do? Take me down. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. And then they always they always go over, they always get yeah. submissions, they're yeah. always nasty off the bag. So, jujitsu, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I definitely think that. I mean, I know a lot of people praise about it, but yeah, I, I especially after watching this beat recently it's kind of like yeah you know it's just wrestling and this was a good point made i think on i think it was uh eddie bravo or joe rogan who made this point and they said uh um dictating if the fight goes to the ground is a very important element but there's no finishing technique within wrestling itself the idea of wrestling is to pin so you would work very hard on the takedown but then you need another art to complete that hmm 
they were like, you work very hard on. They were, they, they were saying judo is superior because they were saying judo utilizes the takedown into techniques to finish. It's always been about throw to destroy on the ground. Wrestling is dictate that person to the ground, get back up and do it again because yeah. the ref just stopped it. Yep. So they were saying, while the technique is great and the, the physical attributes are important, the actual art itself, they were saying it's really not as important as you think it would be. It, it, nope. it's, it looks important because when you see people, at least in MMA, do it, especially the UFC and Bellator and, and these high ranks, you see elite wrestling transition into elite groundwork. You see elite jiu-jitsu. You see elite um, sambo. You see elite uh, catch wrestling turn into ground and pound. Like You see the elite transitions. But it's not just, oh, they took him down and got back up because it's time to stand back up. Mm-hmm. You know? And you see what happens when uh, when somebody, like uh, Ronda Rousey, when you have a judoka come in. What happened? It was like, you're going for a ride, and then I'm on top, and I'm ripping shit apart. Yep. That's the goal of judo. It's like, I'm going to just take this off. I want this. So it's just, yeah. It's, um, it also is a good point into the self-defense stuff. And self-defense arts, especially like what we do, you don't really wrestle. Wrestling is a waste of energy and yeah. wrestling is pointless to it, it's not good to go to the ground to begin with, yeah. but you'd rather finish than have to dictate that. Yeah. And I remember I texted you earlier today about this and it was, I was like, if you think about like the most modern cinema that's been hailed as being super accurate in portrayal, you have what the Bourne movies mm-hmm. you have, uh, taken and you have, um, John Wick Yeah. where you have probably the most recently uh, at least the most uh, realistic applications of self-defense arts and they all have that blend of judo jujitsu some striking but not really like they're striking up close i think was the most was maybe in born born and then taken mm-hmm. but even then in taken it was mainly parries to get to locks or just to get to a weapon yeah that's really what it was like what do you think about those three movies because i know you're a big big guy of film yeah the um the born movies i've seen the first two years ago so i don't really remember I mean, that's kind of all you really need to see yeah yeah <laughs> his his style of fighting is more like uh military based too like uh and there was another movie he was in a few years back where he was in the military uh matt damon uh or maybe it was a Bourne movie. I don't remember. Maybe like one of his last ones. But anyways, um, yeah, like the striking in that movie, like it's just incredible, you know. And then you have something like John Wick, where it was more grappling based. I mean, sure, there was a lot more gun violence in it, but I think I the the Bourne stuff looked oddly reminiscent to me. A lot of a lot of people kept saying Muay Thai, and I was like, a lot of it looks like Kung Fu to me. A lot of it really? looks like quick counters, quick... Yeah. Yeah, especially with the elbows blocking with the Because I, I would have thought Muay Thai also. I thought Muay Thai when I first watched it, but then when somebody said, like, no, nah, a lot of that looks like looks like oh, Kung now Fu. I got to watch those movies. So I started watching it again, and I was like, that is a lot of Kung Fu. It's a, Especially when it's close range, a lot of it is... It looks like Muay Thai just because it's elbows, but a lot of it is... He's not countering like a Muay Thai fighter. He's countering, like... Huh. I don't know if it's specifically Kung Fu, but it looked uh, did not look specifically like Muay Thai. Yes, elbows and knees were thrown, but even like his blocks coming down, it yeah. was like an X block down coming up with the elbow yep. over into 
it almost looked a l- little bit like what we do too. It almost looked a little bit like uh, Aikido Jiu-Jitsu. A lot of it, especially John Wick. There's a lot of stuff. Where, oh, yeah. I think it was the judo that made it look a lot like yeah. Aiki, but it was yeah. a lot of I'm blending with this, with this wrist, pop this, throw this person, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> grab this, get wrist control, pop it. And I'll tell you what, what, do, what does those movies justice to, which I've, I've tried to explain before, and I'm not sure if I've explained it clearly. It's just the way they shoot those scenes. So you can actually see what's going on. The long, the longer shots, the long shots. you know, not, you know, hey, I'm about to do a reverse punch. And just as you're about to, like, actually launch your fist, it cuts to the guy, like, getting hit. And then, like, it's a third cut, you know, the fist is coming back, the guy's flying in the air type of thing. You know, because then when all three shots are put together... It looks... It looks like some insane punch, but, yeah. No, uh, I would say... Actually, this is interesting, because if I had to rank them, like, what I thought was better, uh, first, second, and third place, I would say... Uh, John Wick, first, for sure. Second place would be the Bourne movies. Only because I've seen the first two. I haven't watched the others, so I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I assume there's physical violence. I just don't know to what caliber. And the Taken movies, I would place third. As far as like me watching and me actually being impressed, like wow, that's realistic. I I see some realistic situations going on here. Oh, okay, okay. I thought thought you're ranking like you know, and this is stuff like that isn't made up. This is legit. Like I can determine or you know take a guess of what style they're they're doing here. And right, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean. Yeah, John Wick. Uh, John Wick, in my opinion, had a lot of judo. Um, I thought Jason Bourne had a lot of uh, jujitsu and kung fu, and I thought Taken, Taken, I Taken was kind of shot weird though. There were a lot of scenes, like you were saying, where it was like he did yep. this and then. But again, I mean, the guy's not also like in his prime either. Even when the first one came out. True. You know, the guy was like, what, his 50s? Well, it was, he, it was more 16, about his, though well, the movie was more about his tenacity and his resourcefulness more so than his. Yeah. I mean, it was also about the fact that he's killing everybody just to get to his daughter. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we didn't we didn't mention The Equalizer. Uh, never seen it. With Denzel Washington. No. And actually, the second one. second one came out this year. That's right. And also, we didn't mention uh, Jack Reacher. Which I've, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. Compared to those, they're I, not the yeah, same action I have movies. to admit, when it's come to like uh, modern day like action films like that, I haven't really watched any of them. No. 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 I for whatever reason, just like when it comes to cinema, I've always gone traditional, like, you know, watching stuff from the seventies and eighties, like it, all that corny, you know, martial arts where they're like flying in the air and stuff. Let you try my tiger style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you have you seen uh, Jackie Chan's R rated movie? Uh which R-rated movie? The one that came out recently, when he's like he's like a former ex-government um, uh, agent. No. And somebody killed his family. I think it's called the Equalizer. No, not the Equalizer. That's Denzel Washington. I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I remember being like, Jesus, Jackie Chan's in an R-rated movie. Yeah, it's it looked pretty sick. Huh. I heard it was really good. Um, I heard it was. This is recent, like yeah, this year or last year. Yeah. Uh, the Foreigner. Oh, 2017. I'm sorry. 
The Foreigner. Oh, wait, I feel like I did. Wait, who else was in it? A humble businessman with a buried past seeks justice when his daughter's killed in an act of terrorism. But then he has... Uh, Pierce he, Brosnan is in it. Um, wait, yeah, Pierce Brosnan is in it. Uh, I feel Caitlin like I Byrne. might have seen commercials for it, like previews. Because yeah. it sounds familiar. Yeah. And he tries to go to, like, the police or someone for help, but he's realizing, like, no one's helping him, so he tries to get justice himself. Am I, am I kind of in the ballpark with I that? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Okay. Well, I gotta watch it. There you go. Yeah. Good to know. And so, he does martial arts, I assume? Or he's just, like... I think he does mar- He does martial arts, and he does, uh... He has some gadgetry. Okay. Like well, because I know that... I know I've... I've tried to watch a few of his latest movies from even just like two years ago and granted the guy's in his early 60s i get it but it's just kind of disappointing still just with all the cgi and i get it it makes you know cinematography so much easier you know with using green screens and all that but you can tell a lot of that stuff just isn't you know I'm sounding like an asshole right now because, again, I know the dude is like 62, compa- just, 63 years old. But it's old because probably. you're comparing it to when he was younger. Right. But even just like, I don't know, even like the last Rush Hour movie from, what, not even 10 years ago? You know what I mean? Like, he still did a lot of his own things. But, again, I, 10 years is a long time. I get it. He's had a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries, for sure. Um, I'm not saying that the guy isn't talented, but it's... It's just not the vibe. You know, when you think Jackie Chan, you think action-packed and him doing his own work. And, you know, back then, he was all about... Him and his stunt team were all about, you know, we're going to do the shots ourselves. We're going to make it look, you know, realistic. Do the long shots, you know, not cut here. And then, you know, the next shot's going to be in this position, whatever. Um, And you just don't see that in his newer movies. But now this one... I'll have to, it's called the foreigner. All right, yeah, I'll have to look it up, see if it's on Netflix or Hulu or something. All right, everybody, that is your homework. Watch the foreigner. Foreigner, give it a shot. Yep. Get caught up, or at the very least, watch some of those action movies. Jackie Chan's amazing. <laughs> He's older, but <laughs> god damn it, <laughs> I didn't want to seem like I hate him now. Uh, okay, I'll just. Oh shut wow, up. wow! <laughs> everybody, forget what Mikey just said. <laughs> Enjoy the foreigner. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Peace. (laughs)